Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Pig Health Today, and with me is Dr. John Dean. He is a professor at the University of Minnesota. Great to see you, John. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Sow mortality, it's on everybody's mind in the industry, it seems, but nobody seems to know why. What's your take on it? Um, I wouldn't say no one knows why. It's just it's such, such a numerous amount of different factors involved that it's hard to pin it down to one simple causal mechanism and thus we have confusion, uh, we've got different theories, we've got different approaches and of course we've got new syndromes coming in like um, uh, uh, pelvic organ prolapse it has come up over the last couple of years as, as a new significant cause of sow mortality as well. Yeah, and that's been getting all the attention. Is that justified? It's justified in part because it is quite a distressing condition and, and it's very frustrating for people working on the farm. However, it's not the major cause of mortality uh, as it seems to be quite distinct from, from other problems. So it stands out more, but then what is the major cause of sow mortality and why are we seeing more of it? It, there, there's two ways of analyzing what major causes are. Most of what we do is actually at the end of a sow's life um, and getting what can best be described as a guess um, by herdspersons, uh, whether it be uh, lameness, whether it be uh, downer sows, whether it be infections of various kinds. Um, and we use that subjectively. What I do as an epidemiologist is trying to follow the life cycle of the sow and start to understand what are the precipitating causes that may or may not lead to a mortality problem. And what have you seen? A few things. Uh, number one is that there's a combination of factors, especially in the farring crate, where um, sows stop eating. And if they don't eat in the farring crate when the metabolic requirements are so high to lactate and produce a litter and then come back into estrus, if they don't meet that criteria, they um, often fall apart, either uh, become infertile or die or are subject to euthanasia or end up on a truck. And if we go back from that stage in the farring crate, we start seeing precipitating factors such as lameness and probably lameness is the most underestimated factor in sow mortality in our studies. There can be other lesions. Um, there's been studies on dentition of sows and whether they can eat comfortably. Of course, we've got other factors like heat. Uh, summer infertility isn't only due to infertility. There's also a factor of mortality in there. So it sounds like it's not just the economic losses associated with sow mortality, but there's a certainly a welfare component to this as well. Yeah, there's usually an agonal process uh, in that sow before it dies, a and an agonal process being a painful process. Of and what do you mean by that specifically? It's the sow is going through a painful process, whether it be lameness, uh, it can be distress when it's going through a prolapse and, and unable to adjust to that. So we generally identify that as a major concern and we've increased the amount of interventions through euthanasia, trying to prevent some of those factors, but, but still it's a major concern. Let's talk about culling rates. Um, you've talked in presentations about successful and unsuccessful culls. 
Can you define those for me? Yeah. Um, we try reduce culling rates, but we have to understand that there are culls that are successful. To me, a, a successful cull is simply meeting the, the expectation of the gilt at time of entry. And it would be to produce, in most herds, six good litters and end up at the end of those six litters as being a healthy animal that gets onto the truck and gets a full value um, price for, uh, for um, the cull sow. What's surprising is what a low proportion of our, uh, of our total gilts that we enter into the herd actually end up in that stage. It can be as low as 10, 15% of, of our expectations. Now you've also talked about prioritizing pathology. What specifically does that mean with respect to uh, managing culls? It's, it's actually an odd statement out of an epidemiologist because an epidemiologist would say you can identify the risk factors, look at the sow cards, and um, identify which sows are most likely to um, not perform as well. My argument is actually that these sows um, don't perform as well because of a pathology. That we may see historic poor performance and if we look more closely at the sow, um, we, it may involve an inflammatory process that reduces um, ovarian activity. It um, can uh, simply be lameness that reduces lactational feed intake. Um, but we need to look more closely at the sows uh, and when we do and we identify those pathologies, they are much more predictive on future performance than the epidemiology or the sow card. So uh, what about in terms of bacterial or viral pathogens though? Are, are you seeing a, a pattern in these early cull animals with the, the health profile uh, that, that they have? Uh, I, I think there's, there's two, two sets of factors. Number one is that there's um, epidemics of disease, whether it be uh, PERS, whether it be influenza, and it's just another factor that the sow needs to cope with, and we see sometimes it's unsuccessful. Again, if we take a look at which sows die in the face of some of these insults, it's more likely to be lactating sows that are under more metabolic pressure. Then there's the insidious um, uh, bacteria that result in, probably in most cases, uh, various infections, uh, especially um, inflammatory processes. We're going to have a, a talk today on, on simply how badly inflammation due to various factors can affect the overall uh, survivability of the animal. And, and, and those factors, um, again, come back to a pathology, come back to an, a better understanding of what's going on in our sows. One example is, uh, I, I, I've always spoken about using a flashlight in, in a sow herd and, and looking at um, parts of the sow, such as the claws. And we see a, a, an extraordinary number of claw lesions that often aren't measured. And behind those claw lesions are often an inflammatory process 
that results in, in, a, in, a, in a significant challenge for the sow. Are there things that we could be doing nutritionally to try to prevent some of these problems? When we say nutrition, I, I, I always divide it into um, what the feed is made up of and how much the sows eat. And we've had a little bit of success in some cases if we identify uh, a deficiency in changing the formulation of diets, but not very much. Most of the time when I take a look at, at deficiencies, it's because the sows aren't eating enough. And, and most of the interventions that are, have a high level of efficacy, it's to get the, diet, get the food into the sow in a farring crate, get the sow up, get it eating, get it drinking, help it and watch it lie down comfortably and go through that cycle multiple times. And, um, and that seems to be uh, the major intervention nutritionally. So what's a takeaway message then for producers? Is there a, a quick fix to all of this once you figure out what the problem is or is it some multi-stage, maybe even a multi-year approach that they need to start managing today? Yeah, uh, uh, the simple answer is no, there's no simple answer. Uh, otherwise, we would have found it based on the amount of frustration that it causes not only uh, managers of farms, but employees on, on farms. And, and, uh, and uh, we need to identify uh, better interventions and understand our herds in more detail. Uh, two things. Number one, as an epidemiologist, I'd urge producers to start measuring pathologies and recording them and seeing how they affect subsequent performance of the sow. Do some analysis on, on your own sow, sows. Everyone thinks that small litter size predicts small litter size. My argument would be there's something driving that small litter size that's common to both those events. And, and um, when we've studied lameness, when we've studied uh, sow condition, especially skinny sows, we've seen that as a better predictor. So, so that's, that's one factor. Understand your mo uh, own herd in more detail. The, the second area is simply to understand the true cost of mortality and, and imagine what investments are justified. Because it's not only a cost in terms of replacing the animal, there's an opportunity cost because it results in empty space in the sow herd. Um, often these sows that are producing litters that um, are affected not only end up dying, but before that point, they, it, they have progeny that have poor performance. And once we start adding up all these um, factors and outcomes out of these um, uh, out of a sow herd with a high sow mortality, we see there's a huge opportunity to increase productivity and especially in the quality of progeny.